Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, March 24, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, there's a lot of stuff on the docket, as there always is. What we're going to do is take a snapshot of the daily chart, see what's jumping off the page. What's the market telling us? What's the feedback that the charts are giving us? We'll take a look at a variety of charts. We'll go down to some shorter time frames. We'll take a look at a couple of larger time frames. It's important to get a full assessment of where the market is. Yesterday, the title of the video was Bullish Pullback. It should have been One Day Wonder. However, Bullish Pullback, whether it was one day, two or three, was still the case that we were discussing because the market was likely headed another leg higher. The main thing for me on the another leg higher story is the weekly reversal. Day to day after a weekly reversal isn't really as important as what the market does the following Friday close. In looking at a larger picture perspective, what I'm looking for is did the market give us follow through or did the market fail or is the market failing or is something else going on that we can identify? That's just particular to the weekly chart on this conversation. So right now I look at the weekly chart and I say, all right, we had a reversal week last week. We're seeing the follow through. They're headed into the 20 week moving average. Maybe they get there tomorrow. Maybe it's a fake out operation first. The 20 week moving average comes in right around 452. You can see right here, 452.19. I come back to the daily chart and we have to go back to something from a couple of days ago. I had a target of around 451.50. It was a zone, it was a narrow zone, so we're calling it 451.50, give or take. Now they came up short the other day and they pulled back. Now they're coming back up there. The question is, do they stop and find resistance at 451.50? Or do they bust through and head on into the 100 period moving average up here at 453.64, give or take, wherever that winds up tomorrow? From here, the only thing we can do is wait till tomorrow and inside the number members, we'll have the important numbers in and around and below and above 451.50. Here's what we can say about 451.50, regardless of what happens on Friday from an intraday perspective. It's not the same type of resistance as it was before, but it's the same magnetic stuff going on around 451.50. There's a difference between a number being hit as a target on a chart and that number creating a tradable opportunity, those are two different things. It got diminished because they came up short the other day and pulled back. It was somewhat of one of those recocking of the weapon situations. Here's a picture of the 240 chart, not a lot different. You can see the 200 period moving average on the 240 chart right above that 451.50. It really comes in around the same area as the 100 period moving average on the daily chart. Those tend to be magnetic. They tend to draw price in. The closer price gets to those moving averages, especially when there's 
more than one of them, you have a 200 period on this chart, you have a 100 period on the daily chart right around the same price, it's got a tendency to draw price in. 120 chart, there's really nothing up above. So you can see here, we're in an uptrend. So we've had a pullback here. We even had one down here. It was a one day wonder. You have a pullback going on here. These are shallow pullbacks. For example, this one on the 120 chart was a pullback into the 20 period moving average. They filled the gap and they went back up. That's bullish type of behavior. That's not bearish. Yesterday, the title of the video once again was bullish pullback. Hourly chart, the visual here is they ran down, filled a gap, bounced back up, got back above all the moving averages, filled a gap up here at 449 and change and closed above it. That's also bullish behavior. So when we go through the charts, we make the assessment and each chart seems to be confirming what the last chart was saying. Where's trouble for the market? Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. The real trouble area begins around 455 and a half. If they start getting below 455 and a half, that's trouble for the bull case. Now, if you go back to last night's video, you'll remember a number I gave you that said if they start getting above X, that's the bull case. It was 446. What happened today? They got above 446, and what happened? They kept going. What about inside the numbers? Let's check out what happened in the commentary today as far as the S&P goes, and then we'll check out what happened with stocks on the move. Happy Thursday. The early pre-market crew is running a small goose operation. So remember, yesterday they have the pullback. This morning you wake up and they're starting to run a goose the market operation. They're goosing the tape. We need some numbers on the board. Last night, we discussed 446. Inside the numbers, members had a refresher on that at zero dark 30. The bulls would need to recapture it for the next leg higher. They did that, and they did the next leg higher. The next area of overhead resistance and importance is 447.40. Getting above and closing candles above will open the door for a test of 449 and then the same big fat round number of 450. Now keep in mind, this is all at zero dark 30. Five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 447.40 is the number. They ran up to it, quickly got rejected. That tells you it's important. They ran right up there and pulled back immediately. So then what happened? They worked their way back up. They started closing candles above, came back for a retest, Stayed above, one more retest here. What was the low? 447.42, and they took off in the northern direction. Pretty slick, isn't it? Let's keep going. The flip side looks like a market that can't stay above 445.50. Back to the chart, the second line, the lower one, is 445.50. So they fight that for a while, and then they go up to 447.40. It pays to know your numbers. So basically, that was the whole day laid out at zero dark 30. We narrow things down a little bit right before the opening bell. Now watch this one, 447.75. And the reason why I did that is if the market's pushing up, we don't know which one is gonna stop the market, but the last one in line usually does. Back to the chart, here it is. What's the high in this candle? 447.75 pretty good pullback from there immediately. And we're moving along. You got the big picture 
about the commentary. I'm scrolling up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You're going to see the numbers. You're going to see, hey, if they get here, this is resistance. If they get above and start closing candles above, they're going to go to the next number. They have unfinished business. Where's the unfinished business? You'll see later in the notes, the unfinished business becomes 449.04. And what we're saying here is they're going to go back and hit the target of the unfinished business of 449.04. Now we have another piece of unfinished business. What did they do later? They went back and got the unfinished business. 141, the target and unfinished business. And they ended up doing that. The obvious thing above 449.04 is what? The next big fat round number, 450. Stocks on the move. One of them hit today out of the four possibilities, another floater tape, which takes a lot of the day trading opportunities away. That will change as soon as the market goes back into a corrective phase. Even if it's for a few days, you'll see the stocks pop on the board in mass. But we will take a look at the chart of KBH, which did hit its entry target. Before we get to that one, we also had a couple that were put on the board for the Inside the Number live member room. PDD, 4565, they came up short and bounced away. I think Jordan took a pass on this one in the room, but they hung around that number for a while, really didn't do anything. However, the next one that was put up on the board was GDS, 3940, and you can see what happened. The low in this candle was 3938. They had a nice little rally away from it, gave you about a buck, came back down, did another retest, and took a rocket ride for the rest of the day. 3940, it's good to know your numbers. KBH, this is the one that was on the board for inside the number members at zero dark 30. Check it out. 3373, they come into it, a few pennies lower, immediately turn around and go on a rocket ride back to fill the gap. Look at the high in this candle. Just in minutes, by 9.55 a.m., the high was 36.17. That's $2.44. Whatever that percentage is, it's tremendous. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they're doing the thing where they eat time off the clock above the convergence of these moving averages. Had a nice day today after the pullback operation. But here's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. It's lagging the S&P 500. So the IWM was up 1% today. That's a nice day. The SPY was up 1.5%. And when the SPY is leading the IWM, or the IWM is lagging the SPY, I have to take notice because the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. And here's the deal. It's a growth indice. That means it's a risk asset type of thing. So if money isn't running into risk assets faster than it's running into the S&P, for example, I have to take notice, it becomes a small puzzle piece for now, it's on the table. Now, it might not mean anything later, it's only half a percent, it doesn't make that big of a difference in the big scheme of things, I just take notice of just about everything. If the IWM can't start pushing above 206.50, then there's trouble in paradise. If it does start to push over 206.50, it's likely on its way for the next leg higher with a pit stop at the high from the 22nd over at 
208.79. That's the way I see it. It's in a slightly different position than the SPY. That's why it becomes a puzzle piece. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, it's a very similar situation. Now, the transports are in a pretty good position on the chart. They're eating time off the clock in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation. So you run a flagpole up here, you got a flag going on up here, and it becomes a bullish, flaggish type of situation. They also lagged the SPY up 0.71 or 7 tenths of 1%. All right, I'm not going to make a federal case out of it, but again, it has to be a small puzzle piece for now. It's on the table. You look at the big picture and you say, well, they had a tremendous week last week, and frankly, it would be normal garden variety of market behavior to basically run some time off the clock before the next leg higher if that was going to come at all. It doesn't have to be that way, but it's normal for them to do that. That's why it's not that big of a deal. They're not up more than the S&P 500 on the transports, but at the same time, we have to be aware there's a lot of space in between the low of last week and the high of last week for them to run a test down a couple or a few hundred points is not a big deal. But if they're doing that, the rest of the market is likely getting hit as well. That's the awareness type of situation. What about the Q people? Well, this is the flip side of what we just looked at. Very strong, risk assets. We know it's misweighted, top-heavy to the names we know, if you will, but they're breaking out. So they're actually ahead of the S&P 500. So you have both sides of the coin. You have what's called a dichotomy between the IWM and the transports that haven't broken out yet. The Qs are already breaking out. That's a bullish signal. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We treat each market independent of one another to get the full picture. Looking at the weekly chart, what's the common sense thing that they're trying to do? They're trying to get into the convergence of those moving averages after the reversal week and they're having a follow-through week, at least through Thursday. That's the big picture of the Qs. That's a bullish situation. The financials, the XLF, we find them in somewhat of a no-man's land. They're in between these two moving averages, which doesn't mean much, the 100 and the 50. But as long as they stay above yesterday's low, they're in an okay situation. For them to eat some time off the clock up here, Staying above yesterday's low would actually be a positive, a bullish thing. That would set the stage or build energy for another leg higher. What's the prize on another leg higher for the XLF? About $40.65. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. I'll put it down just in case you forget. That becomes an active target type situation getting above about $39.40 or so getting below yesterday's low, and they're going to run a test of about 38.40, 38.30, or lower. How about the SMH, as we like to call them, smash mouth? Breaking out, tremendous day, up almost 5%. Side note, we have the biggest, baddest semi-name for the lazy swing trader. That was up nicely, well over 2% today. This is also a bullish development when the semis are strong, they're a good indicator of a leader in the tech space. So there are risk assets going to the semis, going to the Qs. They just haven't gotten over to the IWM of late to the same magnitude. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. 
there's going to be some overhead resistance right around 279.50 to 280. Above that one, which won't be easy, but they'll likely get sucked up into the 100 period moving average. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. It's everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.